Hello, my name is Nikti Gill. I am going to be discussing about the colonization of hip-hop. I would like to apologize in advance. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Alright, I have to apologize in advance because I had a mini stroke last year that still fucked up half of my face. Um, so my left face is just a little strange, left side of my body really. And so if I do slur a bit, I apologize. I'm, I'm trying to enunciate as much as I can. I can't believe I chose podcasting as my, I don't know, as my, um, <laughs> as my choice of a project, but something that I've actually wanted to do. So the reason why this subject, the subject of this episode is colonization of hip hop is because I was looking up Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace, to an incredible person, and he was, he, he's very adamant on, on his, on how he views, sorry, again, <laughs> mini stroke, my brain does not connect. He, he's very adamant about how the labels, how the major labels, like these, you know, these record labels and all that, are evil. <laughs> I don't want to say evil, but he, he his stance was that we've been colonized. Hip-hop is like Africa. Uh, it was from an article in XXL Mag. And though hip-hop is like Africa is a quite a, it's quite a, it's quite a bold statement. We've been colonized is very interesting. So I want to clarify the word colonization. Here's the thing. Hip-hop, when I was growing up, right? I grew up in the Bronx, East Raymont, shout out to Highbridge, we stand, gang gang. Um, that part of hip hop, well, how I grew up, you know, and then I, when I moved back, a lot of the white kids were not listening to hip hop yet. So when they did, it's strange to see the shift of, you know, seeing actual Bloods and Crips to seeing wannabe Bloods and Crips. And so, this white audience might have a different definition to colonization, whereas people of color, me <laughs> and other people of color, uh, her definition is more so negative because we have been impacted that way negatively. It, ha it still is a, it's a large scar in many countries and many of those countries have yet to see an improvement uh, due to it. So we're not a big fan of that word, right? We're, we, we're aware of the horrible effects, whereas the, the white audience, especially North American uh, white audience, their perception is more so beneficial. They see the benefits, they reap the benefits of it, their ancestors especially. Ours, not so much. So I had to find a definition. I really had to find one that really encompassed what we said, uh, how we as ethnics feel, <laughs> and I couldn't find one. There was one, the dictionary, an English dictionary from the UK, Oxford. Shout out to them, I guess. Um, and I again, I don't really fully uh, am hundred <laughs> percent. I'm like trying to say really fully 100% as if that's a great phrasing. 
Um, no, I don't agree with their stance on this, but this is the only one that I could find that made sense. Does that, does that, it doesn't really make sense, does it, when I say, when I say it like that? Okay, here's the thing. They define uh, uh, colonialism as a term frequently used in a derogatory sense, okay, of an alleged policy, this is where I get a little upset, alleged, okay, of, uh, of exploitation of backward or weak peoples by a large power. That's the definition. First of all, alleged. Second of all, backward or weak peoples. What's going on, buddy? That's, uh, huh? See, this is what you expect from a UK dictionary. Anyway. In no way, shape, or form were the people being exploited <laughs> backward or weak. Uh, more so one of the two parties were more violent and horrible and lacked humanity. But we're not going to get into that, alright? What we're going to talk about is is how this connects to our scenario, alright? Or what we're talking about. So the large powers represented by the major labels, obviously, and the hip-hop artists are, basic, are being the ones that are exploited. And yet, hip-hop, see, this is where it gets a bit strange because people, when they hear colonization of hip-hop, they're kind of a bit weirded out since, you know, uh, black culture is a large part of hip-hop when you think about it, right? A lot of people who aren't black, they are influenced by the nature of hip-hop because it was used as a freedom of expression. It was used as a, a way for black people to express their sorrows, their pain, and their, uh, and the, the lack of justice system, right? The lack, the, the injustice that they face in, in their own country. And, and as they, and these hip-hop artists, they don't shy away from, them. they speak their mind. They, they, their anger is justified and they speak it. Let's not forget N.W.A.'s song or any other, uh, hip-hop artists who have openly have openly spoken against a lot of those inequalities and so due to and it's such a it's a strong art form and to say that it's being colonized i understand why some people can be like what does that it's more so on the corporate capitalistic level um i mean there is an exploitation of these artists of their brand of their culture that is being exploited and so especially of the greed, you know, because hip-hop was originated in the Bronx, South Bronx, gang gang, and you have this incredibly strong decolonization tool. Uh, it's an art form of their own, it's of their own creation, and and yet now in its current form is being exploited by these companies, which are owned by old white dudes. So there is this really great article, well not an article, it's a, it's a book um, by Christopher Vito called Just Say No to 360's Hip-Hop's Claim of Economic Exploitation. That's a chapter of a book, sorry. And it details a, a typical journey that many artists face corporate-wise, mostly contract-wise, since it's in the name, 360's. It discusses the, the contracts such as 360 degree or the multiple rights contracts. And so this this 
this contract became very popular because of this the the transition from album sales to streaming as album sales have decreased rapidly streaming has increased of course and labels have noticed and now they're trying to make money off of other aspects of the artist in other words they're being exploited in in a higher percentage higher than before which makes it seems impossible like how much more can they take and yet they find a way they really do i never want someone of that nature like like you know corporate greedy people say that indian people are cheap because they love that joke right indian people are cheap jews are cheap and it's like uh well at least we don't steal you know while we're also rich (laughs) you know what i mean like we don't steal when we already have enough we tend to give because we're not assholes the typical things anyway so they take a major so these record labels right they take a majority of the profits and they practically leave crumbs to these artists and um i'm not talking about these big big artists like Kendrick Lamar and Jay-Z and such I'm mostly talking about these uh, the artists that have not such a large following but they're still somewhat famous you know and I wanted to discuss because of you know the exploitation and all that I wanted to talk about why there's a very famous controversy going on right now about taylor swift and her contract though she is not of the genre hip-hop she still there may i'm I'm gonna first let me explain what it is (laughs) so sorry my brain tends to do that i don't know what condition i have i'm trying to figure it out all right anyway taylor swift right she doesn't own her first six albums they're all owned by her previous her prior label i think it's called big machines and they so she has no control over that music she has no ownership to it she can't play it anywhere for profit she can't do nothing with it which is absolutely the worst thing i mean your own creation and you can't even do like i mean dude okay anyway if it she is of a privileged background she's a white woman tall i don't know what tall has to do with it but sometimes height can be imposing and she her parents are incredibly well i mean they're lawyers they're quite great lawyers i I, that's the thing where i get a little bit confused i mean she had parents who were lawyers and she still had bad contracts like did she i mean you could get a free service like your own parents can represent what can they i don't know about laws that much i should look into it later on but um she's still you know she was still in a bad situation she doesn't own the first you know six albums they're not her own that's and if 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 it's happening to someone of her stature right of her background what is there to say that it's not happening to smaller artists you know someone who doesn't have that same privilege or that same background and so if that that's a recent scandal right that's a pretty big scandal and a very important one also that highlights 
how greedy these corporations are. And if this one was bad, then we we probably recall Michael Jackson and Prince's uh, <laughs> dispute. That's a very famous word that these companies love to use. Michael Jackson famously spoke against Sony and the boss who was married to Mariah Carey at the time. I don't remember his name and I'm glad I don't know his name. And he also had a sign, Michael Jackson had a sign that says Sony kills music because Sony owned the rights, uh, the master, the ownership of, and they had ownership over, you know, Michael Jackson's music. The, the blood, sweat, and tears, everything that you put into this art form and it's not even your own. That is exploitation. That is colonization. Prince also went, also went through that. Prince was also under Sony. I mean, look at Sony just being a dick. Um, and had the word, and he, uh, Prince, when, while he was going through this turmoil, he, uh, he wrote the word slave on his cheek because that's how he felt. He felt like everything that he has done is not even his own. It's owned by someone. All that hard work. And it's not your own. I understand why. Well, I don't understand because I'm not in that situation. But I, but I, I don't, I don't want to like diminish how they feel, right? Well, I mean, rest in peace to both of them. But still, that, that is a, such a strong feeling to have something of your own not be your own. Absolutely horrifying. And another example, which is very current to what we're talking about, is Megan Thee Stallion. And I feel like her situation is so similar to many of these new artists because she signed with the label 1501 entertainment label and also a bunch of others but we're going to concentrate on 1501 she signed a label but she signed with them she didn't understand what was on she couldn't comprehend the legal jargons of that contract and so this is where kids listen you need to have a lawyer with you any contract you sign anything, literally anything, even from the government, you need a lawyer with you. Period. You, you need a lawyer with you. It's a, it's, I know it's very expensive, but that's, see, that's another thing. It's very expensive to have these lawyers, depending on what situation, to be honest. I know that in the music industry, it's quite expensive. Uh, from what I've been told, I can only give my I'm, I'm i'm not a musician myself i'm not whatsoever i'm horrible at music but my friends they have dabbled in well they're not dabbled they're that's their profession and so to have a lawyer by your side reading these contracts is not cheap especially a good one right and so she didn't understand the the the, the vocabularies and what she called verbiage which i absolutely love i love her sorry um, no time to simp. I hate that we're also simping. Anyway, so she said she was very confused by that, and I was like, oh, okay. And a lot of people agreed. They were like, it's a very confusing. And I talked to some of my friends, and they also said, it's very confusing that the terminology used is very confusing. That's why they let the lawyer decide. Um, not lawyer decide, but lawyer explain to them what it is. So I was very curious. I really wanted to see the contract. I could not. I asked and there's an NDA. I can't get it. Okay, fine. So I had to go on Google. 
when I say that it was difficult, <laughs> I could only find one contract. And it was by UMG, it was for a smaller artist. Boy, oh boy. It was something. It was a 360 deal for an artist that sold about 25,000 copies of his song. Not bad. Very good, actually. Incredibly good. Not to sound like Donald Trump, sorry. Uh, so, right? Like, not a bad, not a bad start for an artist, right? Uh, especially for someone who was previously independent. So this contract comes in. It's a snippet, doesn't have the full story, so we don't know fully what is being asked, but it's very ugly, <laughs> basically. So uh, the advance, so he's given a certain money of advance. Obviously, that advance is quite common. Many of them, many of these artists receive a loan. Advance is just, it's not an advance, it's a loan. They get this money from the, the label. They have to use this money to make a project at a deadline. There is a deadline that they have to, they, they can't take their time, they can't perfect what they want to perfect. There's a deadline. They have to do it. They have to create it. And so they they get this money and they, the I'm, there's a lot of things going on, but to simplify, I'm going to try to simplify what I'm trying to say, is that when they... So these artists have to create the album. When it's released, that album has to make that amount of money, the same amount of money as the loan. So this artist, uh, the the contract says seventy five thousand. His album needs to make seventy five thousand dollars, or else he'll be indebted to them. In other words, if he makes okay, so let's say he made fifty thousand dollars instead of seventy five through sales, right? So he's $25,000 in debt with them. Sounds like a mafia, by the way. But anyway, he he's indebted. That means that however much he makes from royalties, he's not going to make anything from royalties. Anything that he was meant to make from royalties will not be given to him. It will go straight to the pockets of UMG. Because he's in debt, technically. And they own everything. So they talk about royalties. They talk about record funds, royalties. They use they use this funny little thing called PPD based, so you're supposed to, so they say oh you're gonna get seventeen to eighteen percent in the states but really it's it's not that they put it in parentheses and it's not that it's it's, it's far less and then there's ancillary rights which talks about merchandising and touring and they use the word if but uh, let's be honest it's never if they are expecting you to use their resources for merchandise and touring. As such, they will be owning what you create. They will be owning, you know, a good percentage of tour money and merchandise and all that other stuff. I mean, they always did, but it kind of like, it's a little bit more. And this is where, if, if it didn't sound a bit colonizing before, it does now. Because now we reach the section called creative. And it's really not nice. <laughs> That's like a nicer way of saying it. It's a really ugly situation. Like, it's, uh, okay. Let's, let's get into it. So they have this thing called mutual creative approval. This is th the word mutual. So it has to be, so the artist creates it. He's very happy with it. He loves it. He thinks that, you know what, epitome of what he wanted to create, right? If UMG doesn't like it, 
or they're like well we think you should make the changes here and here and here well okay so the artist has to make changes and you might be thinking well it has to be mutual creative umg could allow it yeah that's true umg can allow it but they're not nice like that are they unless you're like a really big artist they don't they're not i don't want to say they're not a fan of individuality but are they ever a fan of individual is anyone in a corporate world a fan of individuality not unless it makes them money so there has to be a mutual decision there has to be changes made so they have to um since it's a mutual decision if there are changes to be made it has to be done a little bit anyway and you know why i think i the reason why i don't like mutual creative approval is because on the next part they talk about that if there is a dis a disagreement they use the word dispute to make it sound cute but it's a disagreement if there's a dif disagreement between the artist and that umg representative umg has the final say to the project see why i don't like the mutual creative approval because the artist is going to be pushing for what they want what they believe is the re the best representation of what they can give their, their their creativity and umg can say well i don't like that right i don't like it i'm going to say no to that they have the final say it's it's all sprinkled in words they make it sound really nice like they're being kind to you but it's not like that at all so and you see a lot of a lot of stories where rappers for example joe bunnan with def jam records he created this album they didn't they weren't a fan of it and they let him go they they never released it nothing and they let him go uh, juicy j had an issue uh, with his label i'm pretty sure it was def jam records <laughs> god bless him um where he also didn't you know there was creative differences and he threatened to leak their album and now everything's fine well i think he changed labels i'm not sure about that so these record labels see that's the thing that little thing that 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 they have the final say changes everything right oh i hate it i hated it when i read that i was like jesus christ so what's the point of having a mutual creative approval if they're gonna have the final say it's not gonna be your own so that not only do they own an extremely large portion of the art and the little li a livelihood these artists can have right that they make from other avenues avenues these record labels will also have an influence over your creativity over the invention that you have and not making they're basically trying to sell your image and not and also reap the benefits like it's what's the point of signing an artist and not fully want everything from them you know and so that's why Vito as I the guy who talked about the 360s his stance on independence is this quite a great one because he says that a lot of these new artists aren't considering corporations due to the exploitation they're they're, they're considering the independent route fairly so they 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 see it they see because you can't hide anything on the internet so they see that people are being exploited and so they they still keep their originality they still keep their individuality and 
while creating what they want to create and not what UMG wants or Sony wants. I really can't wait to see uh, this this new wave of independent artists. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, my voice has given up on me. Uh, I'm tired. And who knew talking for 30 minutes straight would tire me out? It took 30 minutes. Oh, no wonder why my parents were disappointed in me. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully I will see you guys soon. And again, thank you so much for everything. Uh, and by everything I mean for listening, that means a lot.